How are we doing, everybody? Tim from Skirex Media for the last time this season. I will, of course, be back this next season, and we are here for the season finale. But I'm not doing the season finale alone this year. I don't think I did it alone last year either, actually. I don't remember. But the, t- today we're doing it with a whole bunch of people, past guests, someone new. Alex, Alex, our, one of our friends here at Whaleback Mountain. Usually we talk to John, and John couldn't be here tonight, but we have Alex today. Alex, how you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Now, this dude's been out a ton, we just found out. So we're going to get into that. But let's bring in the, two of the other guests that we have who are here. We're still waiting on people. It's going to be a big old extravaganza. But we have Lindsay Delorier, boss lady of Bolton Valley. Lindsay, how are you doing? Great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Her episode was very, very popular um, during the season. Everybody loves Lindsay. That's great. And everybody also loves Wendy Clinch, the ski diva herself. How you doing, Wendy? Fine. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'll definitely have Wendy again. She has the second most downloaded episode of this season. Um, so there you go. If you want to know who the first one was, it was Hathaway. I won't lie about it. Um, and Lindsay was actually number three. Um, so there you go. I, I, but Jeff's not talking. He's busy out there with uh, doing Magic Mountain stuff, whatever. So how are we doing, ladies and gentlemen? Are we doing good this year? Who wants to start? It's great. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can give a little recap a while back. You know, I think... It was a great season for us. You know, it was my uh, first uh, season in the industry, which is really great. Uh, I made a change from managing veterinary hospitals over to the ski industry, and I can't say how happy I am. You know, it's really great. Uh, the place is amazing. The community has been so supportive, and just it's a really great place, and I'm just really happy to be here. You know, we started off the season strong, and we went all the way through till we couldn't go anymore until Mother Nature said, that's enough, and took away all our snow, you know, but... We had a blast the entire time. Everything went pretty well outside of a few hiccups, and you know we we had a good time. So I'm proud, definitely, to to have been here. Awesome. And Lindsay, Bolton's still going, I believe. Correct. Um, well, we're not quite sure. We are. We Sunday was our last full day, um, uh, and we're closed midweek this week. Um, and then we're going to see what happens. We'd like to be open for one more weekend, um, but we're gonna we're gonna. Um, have to see what the rain does because yeah. we've got a pretty gnarly forecast starting Thursday. We so do. We'll yeah, see. New England, we're, trying for it. we're trying for another weekend, but we'll see. We'll see if we get there. I hope you do. Like New England's taking a beating this year. It's it's not fun. And someone else who could attest to that, Wendy, you don't run a mountain. You probably could, but yeah. you don't. Um, yeah. And I don't know if you'd want to, but you've been around. You've been all over the country this season, and you've been I showing have, up. And it's it's been a challenging year. I mean, everybody knows that um, the weather has been crazy. We were just talking before this broadcast started about out in California how challenging it's been. I was at Tahoe for a little while, and um, they had a ton of snow in December, and then that was it. You know, it just sort of went on hold and. Uh, you know, so it was challenging for them. And here in the east, we've had lots of rain. I, I don't think I can remember a year where there's been as much rain as this year. It's been terrible when there's been, you know, we've gone f- from the rain to the freezing cold. And then everything freezes and then back to rain. And, and uh, um, you know, so it's it's been tough. It's been tough. I, I don't have personally have as many ski days as I've had in previous years. And a lot of that is because the weather has just been such a mess, you know? So it's, it's a shame. I, I still hate to see the season end as I'm sure everybody here does. And every, anybody who's listening and uh, you know, I go into um, uh, reverse, uh, what is it? Uh, seasonal affective disorder. 
you know, yep. right. yeah. they have that when the weather's getting colder. I get it at this time of year when the weather warms up because I love skiing so much and I hate to see the season end. Absolutely. And it, it is kind of a bummer. I agree with that 100%. It's like, geez, you know, spring is fun. Summer can be fun. Fall can be fun. But man, the winter is fun. But yeah. some people are still out there doing it. Alex and I were just watching people going up whale back here on foot. Um, you ladies into that at all? Oh, for I, sure. I'm not. I'm too old for that. That's why God invented ski lifts. There for me. Go, yeah. <laughs> I was skiing today. I was down at Stratton today, and um, the coverage is still pretty good, but it gets, um, gets some mashed potatoes in around noontime, and there's a lot of brownish snow, and that's a little, you know, that's not great. You feel like your skis are getting a, a stone grinding as you're going through, but the coverage wasn't bad, and I still had a good time, but you look out, you know, from the mountain, and there's no snow anywhere, just these little stripes on the on the trails and you know it, so it's winding down it is it's it's getting pretty thin and um you know you are we are going to see people like going up whale back here i know bolton's going to have people going up and you all lindsay and i talked about this during her episode they really embrace you know touring and stuff like that so you you expect to have lindsay more people up there through the spring i'm sure and into the summer if you got something up there people can touch right Oh, for sure. As long as there's a strip of snow, people will be skinning up and skiing down. And um, yeah, I saw people out there doing it today. I expect tomorrow will be pretty busy uh, with the fork with the forecast ahead. So, oh yeah, we love it. I love spring skiing too. There's nothing quite nothing quite like it. You know, you can skin up a little tiny narrow strip. And my brother and I have a video. Um, I think he posted it online. It was from a couple of years ago in May. Um, just connecting the dots. It was a really really fun classic may ski day that's great a may ski day May, wow couple may's, years May's pretty good that's something i can't say i've never done i've skied late late april never pushed it into may um but you know that is what it is um and again i i don't know i probably have the least amount how you're you're at 91 right 91, now Alex. Yep. 91. Mm -hmm. 91 i haven't days, yep. i haven't hit awesome. anything like that <laughs> since the 90s when i worked at mount snow sure. in the afternoon so I was out skiing all day, yeah. work at night, mm -hmm. and you know, just out of high school. So I had that. And that was American Skiing Company days, for those who remember that. So I was also getting days at Killington and Haystack and all over. Nice. It was awesome, man. You have the advantage. You're here at Whaleback mm -hmm. every single day. Right there, yeah. And and I now let me ask you, and because <laughs> for me and Wendy, as people who are in the media, journalists, we're writing, we could say that skiing a run is part of our job description. For you folks who are in the management, is that part of your job description? Like, I got I to gotta go. It's, I have to. I have to run. <laughs> I think so, absolutely. I mean, especially uh, I, especially a small mountain like this, you know, I'm going to walk downstairs and someone's going to remember me and say, hey, Alex, how are the conditions today? I'm going to tell you firsthand, I was out there at 145, took first chair, and you want to stick to this trail and get to the right side of it, rip that corduroy, and get back over to the left side for those bumps on the way down. So that's part of my job description for sure. If I keep my radio on me and I'm skiing, I'm still working, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Just clocked in. Yeah. What about you, Lindsay? Same thing? Or do you not get out as much? I, I can't I can't honestly say I get out every day, but um, I try to get out as much as I can. And, you know, definitely I really love getting out there and seeing the conditions and, you know, just sort of keeping my eye on things too, you know, like seeing what trails are open and closed and do I agree with those assessments all the time. And, it's um, important, yeah. 
yeah, just seeing how everything's kept up, make sure everything's looking good. And also I think it's nice to go around and say hello to everybody who's working. So absolutely. Yeah, I think that's huge. The other thing that's been helpful for me as someone that is into uphill skiing is, you know, I'll arrive at 10 a.m. and we don't open till two. So I'll work till noon and then I'll skin up and, you know, take a lap or so in a half hour and back down and I'm working again. So that's been a big advantage for sure. Nice. See, that's awesome. And and that that's great. Like I said, Wendy and I, we don't work in at a mountain anymore. I did. I don't know if you did, Wendy. Where, did you yeah, ever put in time? I have. I've done, had some, a couple different part-time jobs, but okay, that's it. But because of that, now we don't have a, you know, our office isn't on a mountain necessarily, but then that gives us the opportunity to go everywhere. Did you get a lot of traveling, Wendy, this year? I mean, you, I know you went to California. I was in Tahoe, so I skied um, a bunch of the resorts there. I've been around Vermont quite a bit. You know, I, I live about seven miles from Okemo, so I go there quite a bit. I have a pass at Bromley. I have, uh, I have the Icon Pass, so I, Killington and, and uh, Stratton and Pico and so I've I've gotten around. Sadly, I have not made it to to Bolton this year. And I know I've never been there either. I, I hope you stay open this weekend. And so I really I wanted to. And that's on my list for next year. I really have to get up there. Um, it's a little bit of a drive, but it's worth it. So I really I really want to go. So I have, and I've I've been into Maine, Saddleback. I got right. there for the first time. Very I don't cool. know if, if you folks have skied there, but anybody who hasn't, it's a treat. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's way up there. Oh, it is. Yeah, that's it for sure. It is. It I've is. I've only been there one time, uh, but it was closed. So I skinned up, uh, you know, and they were closed yeah. and it was an amazing place. So I'd love I to. I thought Sugarloaf was up there, but. Sugarloaf is great too. This is beyond that. Wow. And, uh, Very cool. But an amazing mountain, an amazing mountain. And I definitely want to hit that again too. Anybody who hasn't been there definitely should go. Put it on your list. Yeah, and the town of Rangeley is really cool too. It's a nice, quick yeah, it's, town. it's a nice little town. Rangeley Lake is beautiful. It's a good oh, town for sure. it's beautiful there. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Um, go ahead, Wendy. But um, I was just going to say it's a little bit of a challenge getting there because it's it's very remote and um, the drive we drove there from Sunday River and it was this this road that was very narrow and very rutted and a lot of frost heaves and Mm -hmm. the temperature outside was minus 12 and there's no cell service and you think, Oh my gosh, if my car breaks down, um, this is it. You know, you're not passing any buildings. It's very remote, but that's part of the charm, I think. And, um, and it's one of the reasons why it isn't so crowded like some of the other resorts because it's, it is off the beaten path, and and those are the ones that you really want to want to get to. The thing about the beautiful thing about Saddleback is that's almost a true Cinderella story. Like that thing yes. was shut down for five years, and then I don't know about for all of you, but when we all I knew a lot of us who heard who was buying it, just like just a big investment company that just reopens businesses. What they do. Skiing, the ski re- the ski industry, I feel is very specialized. So if you have the wrong person running it at the ground level, it's going to tank. I like to talk about the Hermitage Club. That criminal was running that place, and it tanked. Now the person running it and the group that's running it, they know what they're doing. Now it's awesome. So I thought, hey, Saddleback, it's going to tank. These people came in swinging. Like, they're like, look, here's all the money in the world. 
put it up, yeah. and now I haven't heard a single bad thing about the place. Yeah. They, have a, they have a high-speed lift there now that they didn't used to have. This is my understanding because I'd never been there before, and um, and it really is very, very nice, you know. And I got to say, I actually have had the opportunity to connect with Andy Shepard, who's running the mountain up there a bunch of times this year because – you know, there's a lot of similarities between Saddleback and Bolton and what we're trying to do in terms of, um, you know, looking to the future and, and thinking about planning for the future. And um, it seems to me like Saddleback is in great hands. I've been so impressed talking to Andy, so impressed with his vision. Um, I think, you know, his experience is solid. He seems really competent. It's, he seems like the right man for the job. So I'm really optimistic about their future. And um, I got to say, he's just a a nice, collaborative, helpful person. So I think uh, I think it's gonna, I think it bodes well. That's awesome. I love hearing it. I love, and again, I've talked to uh, various people who run these mountains, you know, it's not really a competitive thing. It is a cooperative thing, you know. Uh, they all work together, <laughs> you know. Um, Saddleback, awesome. It, it's fun, now, okay. I don't want to say this because since the other two said it, I didn't get the Bolton Valley this year either. Um, it wasn't my fault. It was COVID-19. Everybody else is blaming it for everything. <laughs> so I am so offended by everybody on this podcast. What was that? I missed out. I said, I'm so offended. <laughs> we did. And I Next hate myself year. for it. Next year. Definitely. <laughs> I hate myself for it because I'll put Bolton Valley in my personal top three straight up. Well, I, I love it there. And I, it's 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 such a great it's such a I, I it's it's even hard for me to describe how great the place is i loved every minute of it and i had a bad day there i tell people they're like so bolton sucks i'm like no i suck <laughs> the mountain is amazing yeah. and it's it's really great the setup the location all the different runs the terrain everything beautiful oh, primo i love the place um and uh and not just because Lindsay's here i mean that i would say that you know she wasn't here um and just because alex is here and we're sitting in whale bag doesn't mean this is also one of my favorite places um and i'm not i'm not really sure beyond that you know because i like a lot of places but um because i like wendy got to you know bounce around for a while i was on the indie pass as well i was using indie pass so i was at waterville i was I was at a J. I went to Suicide Six. I went to Magic. I went to all these other places when I wasn't sick in bed for a month. Um, it was real. Tell everybody COVID was real because I had it and it sucked. And Lindsay had it twice. I know that. We talked about that the last time. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I didn't know it as bad as you though. Mine was just like a head cold. Mm. Yeah, she's tough. I'm a wuss. <laughs> and I'm not gonna lie about it. I got it tougher. Omicron. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, so a lot of different things going on around here. Oh, wait a minute. I got to bring in this person right now because this one of my friends, um, Brian, <laughs> Ifalutin Ski Bum Podcast. Brian, how you hey, doing? Tim. We've already hey, started. So, huh? Yeah, sorry. I was late. I was helping get the kids to bed. So hey, no problem. Being a dad takes priority over being a jackass with your friends. Um, Sadly, that's a very sad reality. Yes. At least if you're a good dad, at least uh, aspiring to be a good dad, which is all I am trying to be these days. I'm sure you're doing fine. Ladies and gentlemen, Brian from the high flute and ski bums. We've done each other's programs two or three times each. Uh, Lindsay Delorier, whom you have spoken to. So you Hi, know Lindsay. her. Nice to see you again. Uh, Wendy Clinch, the ski diva, ski diva.com. Hey, Wendy. Hey, nice to meet you. And then I think we actually met before, when like, like 
it was only two and a half years ago, but it was for the world just went wonky at Sugarbush. I think we skied together in December of 2019. Oh, that's possible. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I, I look at that trip with such fond memories because it was like this was the last time life was normal. Was, was, are you talking about the one where we um, skied at night? <laughs> no, it was during the day. Oh, okay. I think, I think there was a night portion to it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was that trip. Okay, good. So, yeah. Nice to see you again. Nice to see you. And then to my right is Alex. He's the business manager here at Whaleback. The hey, wonderful Alex. Whaleback. Hey, Ryan. Nice, nice to meet to you. Meet, nice to meet you, too. Believe me, dude, if you ever get the chance to get up here in New Hampshire, do it. You won't regret it. Absolutely. I, uh, this year has just, this, this season, again, I'm, I heard you mention COVID as an excuse, and I'm using it, too, because this year, between parenting, real life, like my real job, and uh, COVID, it was just, like, I feel like the winter was gone in a snap. Yeah, like it was, like it was February bad. didn't exist to me. Like it just was like everybody was sick at home. We were like we were like just like chucking sickness back and forth. Uh, it was just like weird. It was just like and all of a sudden it's March, and then March was kind of underwhelming for for ski folks because it was like, hey, it's a great day in the first week, and then all of a sudden it's going to rain, be sixty five degrees, and everything's going to melt, and it's going to freeze up again. And it's going to be sixty degrees again, and rain. It's just what are you going to do? I mean, you know, you play the hand you dealt, but you can still complain about it. You know, that's what we do. It's April. And it's like right now where I am, it's 47 degrees and rainy, which is the most useless weather for everybody. <laughs> where are you? For anyone. You can't go outside and hang out in the sun. You can't ski. You can't do anything. Where are you that it's like that? I am in New Jersey. Oh, in the basement. Okay. <laughs> Oddly I'm enough, I do not know Brian from New Jersey. I know this. I live south of where he lives now. So... Our paths may have crossed, but I don't know. If you have to be in New Jersey, I'm at probably like the best spot because I'm right by the beach. I'm like a mile and a half from the beach. You can ride my bike there, which is nice. So it's great for the kids in the summertime. But from October to like April, it's awful. <laughs> That's New Jersey for you. Man. <laughs> hey, if our, our number one ski resort could stop catching fire or shutting down for whatever reasons, like we'll be okay. But, you know, good old big snow. You know, we were there the day it opened in December, again, December of 2019, a magical month. We were there when it opened. Beautiful. Everyone was super excited. They're like, this is the first and last first chair ever. And then it's like COVID. Then it reopens for how was it open for maybe eight, seven, eight months? Maybe. And they had the fire in there and they yeah. shut down again. So it's just uh, the place is cursed. It took them, I think it took them 15 years to get it open. Because they yep. started building it wow. in 20, 2005, I think. Yeah. Wow. And then the financial crisis hit. They stopped the building process there because the ownership company had two buildings, that one and one in D.C. They chose the D.C. one to go ahead with it. And then like 2015, 2016, they fired it back up again. 2019, it opens. 2020, COVID. Like the place is cursed. Like it's mm -hmm. just cursed. And the fire this year or last year. And they're hopefully reopening Memorial Day-ish. So... They, that's what they hope. And I hope so, too. I was telling Alex about that, too. I was like, I swear there's a whole colony of black cats living under that place. And, and, and I'm not going during Memorial Day weekend. A, it's going to be super busy. It's going to be stupid busy. And B, I'm scared it's going to fall on me. So I'm not going right away. But 
Brian, I think you can agree. The place is pretty cool all in all, though. It is actually really cool. It's it's surprisingly awesome. I mean, you yeah. it's weird because you're driving in one of the congested, most congested, busiest, highway-ish Jersey swamp areas. And you drive up to a mall next to the oh. Brendan Byrne Arena, which was like where the Devils used to play. You yep. park in a parking garage. You go into you go into a mall. You go into an elevator, and then you go in you go inside to to Big Snow, and they've got it set up awesome. I mean, you have your little bracelet. You can like use your lockers with your bracelet. And I took my son there uh, probably before it shut down originally, and his face when you go out of the locker room into the snow is one of the coolest things because you're like you don't realize you're in a mall. You don't realize that you're in a swamp in New Jersey. You're like, oh, my God, I am on real snow. Like This is so cool. And his face, like he walked in there. He was like, oh, my God. He's like, does, does Santa live here? Because there's a little house. He's like, that's not nope. where Santa lives. There's going to be a weird bearded guy in there, but it's not Santa. <laughs> there were a few weird bearded guys the day I was there. It was it was so uh, it's New Jersey. And that, that that's one of the parts I like about New Jersey. You never know what you're going to find or when you're going to find it, man. Even in your neck of the You've woods. You've been man. to a few rest areas, haven't you? I've been to more than a few. Every last thing, including what's where is it on the Parkway? The one that's named after Bon Jovi. What a they just renamed them all. They just spent valuable tax dollars renaming all the rest areas. Yep, the Bon like Jovi one. I live right by the Bon Jovi one, actually. Yeah, <laughs> not even joking. <laughs> like, if you're gonna live by one, live by the Bon Jovi one, man. Living yeah, on a prayer, absolutely. man. It could be worse. And they say Jersey, which exit? Isn't that the the joke? It I live is. In it's a exit. joke we deserve. Yeah. <laughs> I was exit 88 when that still existed. It doesn't exist anymore. It's exit like 89 now. Brickish, right? Uh, brickish. Yeah. Brickish, yeah. I, I, I had to take that to go to Jackson. I lived in Jackson, so okay. I lived right around the bend. Well, not far from Great Adventure. So for you roller coaster people, there you go. I didn't live far from there. In fact, when the when the baboon escaped, I went looking for it. That's how close I was. Um, was it like Jurassic Park. Oh, it's totally <laughs> like Jurassic like Park, except not nearly as cool. It's kind of, I mean, the animal probably scarier cool. actually. Um, to find. No, I found some crazy stuff in the woods of New Jersey. Let me tell you, like I'm pretty sure I saw the Jersey Devil. Like I've seen some strange stuff down there in the Pine Barrens and stuff. Ooh. It's a different world. But for us here in New England, it's it, we understand deep woods. We get it. Um, you know, Bolton's in a very rural spot, though, kind of near the interstate. It's not connected to it. Um, but. All that's being said and all that fun, Brian, as you said, your season's not going exactly as you planned. And that's what we were talking about is if you would recap, say what's been going on with all of us. You you got up here, though. You got to Killington at least, right? I did uh, back in December. Yep. Which, was it in uh, December? It was December. It was right before Christmas, which it was like a tradition like my wife and I had for the longest time trying to go like as early as possible in, in December when there's good snow to uh, – to get up to Killington because we did a share house there for a bunch of years, but it was, it was weird this year. The two days we were there, the one day it was like 50 and then the next day it kind of froze over. And the day we left is the day it snowed. Yep. Yeah, of course. Sounds about I was right. in Killington yeah. last week and it was, um, it was really good. Was it? It was very good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so um, they're, they're destroying the lodge there now. You know, I the, saw the video. Uh, yeah, yeah, they are. And, um, you know, that whole area is, there's a big fence that goes around in front. And you know how difficult it, it's always been to get from the um, superstar lift over to the gondola. You have to kind of... Hoof it you know, across, yeah. 
yeah, you carry have to maximum speed. speed up and pull and everything. And it's it's even worse now. I have to really. I took off my skis and just walked because oh, it's wow. just, it's tough. It's tough. But you know, ultimately, it'll it'll be better. I think you know the the uh, the new lodge is is standing right there. You can see it, and it's it's set back a little a little farther. Well, obviously, they built it behind the um, the old lodge, so. Yeah, it was due to open this past season, right? Had the world gone as expected? And, yeah, 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 yeah. And then yeah, what, I don't know. Is it doubling the capacity or fifty percent more? Like it's it's big. It's yeah. a good size. Yeah, they're adding a third level to it. I believe. Yeah, so it's there is. It's massive. Yeah, it's it's a big lodge. Yeah. I mean, I guess they need it. If if anybody's ever been to Killington, I mean, we all have. You know, we've all been there. Um, it's a big place. It's, it's the biggest in new England. And, uh, I think that's one of the things though, building that monstrosity. That's what's kind of one of the things driving me away to places like Bolton Valley, man. I mean, I don't know. How do you guys feel about that? Are you, are you cool with the big corporate machine? And I'm not trying to be that guy. I'm just making joke, <laughs> but the, but the point stands, you know, are you into that or are you starting to move back out to smaller places like Bolton Valley or even Magic or all the other Indie Pass places that we all well I don't know if Wendy and uh, I don't think Alex has an Indie Pass I don't remember if Brian does and I, I don't remember if Lindsay does either yeah we're the Indie we're on the Indie yeah Bolton is yeah um, yeah I, and, I had my Indie Pass this year I we've good. talked to um, to Doug a few times Doug yep. Fish on the podcast I love that guy I love what he's done mm -hmm. I love everything about the Indie Pass um, yeah. we've been to probably at least four or five of the places in the last two years and, you know, like I, uh, I, I was thinking about this before the pot, you know, before this podcast started and it's almost like what's happening in the world or in America right now, at least the whole, like the rich getting richer and everyone else scrounging for everything else. It seems like the ski industry, that's exactly what's happening at this time. Cause you're just seeing, I mean, there was a note about, uh, I guess icon pass had some messaging that there's reservations are going to be at certain resorts now. Yeah. And you look at what's an icon pass, a thousand bucks, something like that. Yeah. Pick that up. I mean, okay. how many people are you pricing out, you know, at that level? If you got a family of four, five, six, like, oh. can you drop six grand for ski passes? Yeah. I mean, are you making less than 500 grand a year? Like, that's, it's, it's getting ludicrous, is what it's doing. That's and charging, don't forget charging for parking too. Because if, you, if you're at Killington, you can buy the, oh, it's the fast pass where you can yeah. skip the line for another. I don't think that worked out the way that they thought it might. But, you know, Mount Snow inst it, it, um, put in paid parking this paid year. Parking, yep. I, think, I think a lot of the other resorts are going to follow. It's pretty common out west. Yeah. Um, and I think that's going to be happening in the east, at least for the more corporate resorts anyway. I got a midweek pass at um, Bromley this year. Hmm. And um, it's a very sweet mountain and I, I really like it. I get taught, you know, I, as I said before, I live fairly close to Okemo, which is one of the epic resorts. I live between um, Okemo and Killington. And um, so it makes it very easy to go there, which is why I have the pass, but I'm not loving the crowds and I'm not loving a lot of stuff that's been going on at these, um, the resorts here, you know, the yeah. big corporate resorts. The traffic in Ludlow, the town not too far from me, has been absolutely horrific. You know, they sold so many of these passes, but so, so many more people are coming. And the infrastructure in Vermont, lo the local infrastructure, is not set up to handle it. Well, 
you know, even up at Stowe, um, not far from Bolton, the uh, traffic jams up there have been horrible. And it's been the, it's mostly on the weekends, but nonetheless, it's just been awful. And then yeah. the issue too with getting people to work too, like how yeah. you have people, yeah. enough staff to facilitate all Yeah, I can't go to people. town to go to the grocery store. You know, I can't go to town to cut to the mailbox. Mm-hmm. You know, it's local people are, can't get out of their driveways to go about their business. So it's been a tough year for that. Um, but I've been loving going down to Bromley. It's, it's quiet. It's more old school. It's um, like skiing used to be that I remember just a, just a few short years ago, you know? So it's changed, I, I feel like it changed so much in the last probably five years. It has, it has in the past few years, it's changed tremendously. And I don't, I don't know how it's ever going to go back. I'm wondering um, if people are going to start turning away more from these big resorts and going more to the, to the family-owned places like Bolton and um, the smaller places. Maybe this is a shot in the arm that, that they, um, because many of them have been suffering for a number of years. And this may be having people like me turning to smaller, um, more independent places. So, you know, there, there is that. I can tell you that, you know, we have seen some of that at Bolton um, because we are so close to Stowe, like you said, and also to Sugarbush. So, you know, we are seeing people who are making the choice to go to the smaller, more independent resorts, um, you know, like Bolton. Um, I imagine Smugs has seen some of the same thing in our area. Um, and yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think overall it's been it's been kind of good for us. Um and, you know, I just encourage people who want that different experience to seek it out because, you know, like you said, um, you know, those of us who are, well, Bolton is really midsize, but, the, you know, the midsize and smaller, the independents, the ski areas that don't have, you know, like a large sort of corporate backer with a lot of access to capital, who we have to sort of survive on our, you know, live within our means and <laughs> survive somewhat more frugally. Um, you know, every skier makes a difference for us. And, you know, we're, we've been, you know, we're really focused on reinvesting um, the money that we can back into the ski area to, you know, really start to try to address deferred maintenance, start to make improvements. And um, so we're, you know, we're going to turn everything back into the ski area. And, um, and I think it's an opportunity for us to keep improving. Um, You know, it's a battle against age, not just for the ski areas like Bolton, but really for all ski areas, because, you know, most ski areas are 50, 60 years old now. And our infrastructure is, you know, a lot of our infrastructure is that old too. So, you know, it's just, just like our country, like our, like our interstates, like our highways, you know, like ski areas are all part of the same, we're all sort of put in and around the same era and we're all struggling with this aging infrastructure. And so, you know, this differentiation in the market, I think, is good for the independents um, and hopefully will, you know, will help us um, have the resources to keep going and to and to keep improving and to make this, you know, next phase uh, something really positive. Yeah. I hope that works out for everybody. And again, we can even turn to Alex for this because now we're talking smaller, much smaller than Bolton Valley um, and not God, when it comes to proximity, there's not like Epic and Icons right around the bend. Like Stowe is, you go down, you take two lefts, and you're there from. Oh, yeah, we're the closest ski area to Stowe. You yep. know. Oh well. 
Yeah, here at Whaleback, we don't have that problem. Nope. Uh, I can tell you, we did see a handful of people that got turned away at Sunapee and also Pat's Peak this on the weekends. They would come here at 10 a.m. and say, you know, we got turned away from Sunapee and we wanted to try this place out anyway. And then they loved it, you know, and they just kept coming back. Um, I can, you know, kind of go both ways with this crazy corporation. There is nothing better to me than skiing at a place like Whaleback or some of these smaller or, or you know, mid-sized resorts. I'm telling you, I mean, we get a powder day on Friday and that following Wednesday, I'm still finding stashes in the woods and you don't get that anywhere else. Uh, I was in California last week skiing Mammoth and, you know, we got a powder day on, uh, it was Monday morning and we were a little late. I think we got out at nine and the lift started at 830 and there were no more fresh lines left. And that is a massive place and it just has so many people that were there and there's no more fresh lines. So mm-hmm. to me, to be able to lap that chair for hours on end without waiting in a line and to hit those powder stashes four five six days later is just huge to me i mean i know everybody that works here anyway but the lifty that sits at the top will yell to someone that's five chairs down and say chris and they start playing rock paper scissors as they're coming up the lift and you don't get that at these other places and i think just to have that you know, not only that, you know, real soul of skiing that we have here, but also the really unbeatable terrain and unbeatable conditions when they're here, you know, and Mother Nature cooperates with us is just huge. And you don't get that at those other places. And to speak to your point about Stowe, before I worked here, uh, it was three years ago, I think I was an Epic Pass holder. And on a powder day at Stowe, it was a it was a great day. It was a foot and a half of snow, but I left my house at 8 a.m. and that should put me there around 10 and I got there at like 12.30, I think, oh. the traffic was so bad. And you know, you shoot up 89, no problem, and you get off that exit there and you sit. Then you sit for hours on end and these Lamborghinis are spinning out trying to go up these hills and they can't make it up, but I'm not exaggerating. This literally was a Lamborghini that was holding up this hour, you know, three, four hour long traffic line. Wow. Um, and that to me is just, just not, not what it's about. You know, I don't wanna sit in the car for that long to get a half day of skiing when I can go 15 minutes from my house to here and ski for eight hours if I don't have to work anyway and not wait in a line and just, you know, get great conditions and smiley, happy people the whole time. There's nothing just, like that to me. You know, hop on 89 instead of taking a left to stow off the interstate, take a right and go to Next time I will, that's for sure. You know, I, I'm wondering if, what's, if uh, some of these um, old uh, defunct ski areas will start coming back now because people are looking for more of that kind of experience. I, I saw recently that Brody just sold yep. that. Yeah. And I think there was some kind of a, um, some kind of a, a de- something in the deal that said it couldn't operate as a ski area, but oh, wow. they're not sure how accurate that is. It hmm. may, it may be that they can, and it would be nice if places started coming back and that wow. had the small, the smaller ski experience to offer. Definitely, Brody would be interesting. In fact, I w- I'd, I'd like to know so much more about that at ground level. I got to meet Brian Fairbank up at the um, who runs Cranmore and um, Bromley and um, what's the third Jiminy, one? Jiminy Jiminy Peak. Peak, I think. Yep, and I got to meet him and his son and uh, up at the Hall of Fame event up north, up Renton Woods, and uh, you know they were the ones who had Brody up until now. I think, and I was like, if they can't make it work, why can't they make it work? Because they've got so much cool stuff going on. So I'm kind of interested. Plus, you're not wrong with like I think you know there's been rumors about Bosquet down there in Massachusetts. What's going to happen to that? And I think the Schaefers have a hand in that. Um, Berkshire East and Catamount, and uh, 
what is it, Snow Valley down there near in between Bromley and Stratton, that's back on the market. I have a ski area like five miles away from me that's for sale. I've driven by that before. Weren't you going to buy that, Tim? Plymouth I Knox? wanted to buy that so <laughs> bad. What happened to your GoFundMe? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I'd like to think I could get $7.5 million via GoFundMe <laughs> and open Ski Rex Media Mountain Resort and then just have like you people come. Nobody else. Well, I have like, a mountain top right here on 100 that's been for sale for, um, for years. And it was operating as oh. a small private resort for a few years. Oh. And uh, it's, but it just didn't make a go of it. But it's for sale now if anybody's interested. I've been up there. The lodge looks nice. Yeah. Um, it, the lodge is. Is fairly new. I mean, you know, it's not the original lodge, but I think it's been for sale for I don't know five or six years. And they're only asking, I think, six million. Wow! Is it down to six? Down to I six? Think, wow. I think it's six. When I when I wanted when Brian and I were making jokes about this last year, uh, which is what he's referencing. Check out all of our episodes where we each guest on each other, highfalutin <laughs> and ski Media. Um, but uh, yeah, it was like seven and a half at that point, and I was like, yeah, I'll take. Beautiful. I would love it. There's also one on the other side of Rutland that was up the whole mountain. Was, I mean, there's nothing left of it, really, but it's like a million bucks, like flat. Like, you know, there's houses that go for more than that in and around Killington. Um, so it's like, man, you're not wrong, Wendy. There's all these places that are defunct. that, And some people are still using them. I mean, you all know of Hogback down there in Wilmington, right? Oh, yeah. In Marlboro. That's still people still go up there, cut the trails back, and it's a it's a Skinner's paradise up there. And uh, you know, seeing that as a little kid, I've never seen it open, but apparently people have been skiing it the whole time. I skied there when I was a kid. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So it, exactly. I think you're right. I think these smaller places are gonna start you're gonna start seeing them make a comeback just because people are, have had it. And again, we're not being super haters. I wanna say that now, like we like these places too. We've all skied Killington. We've all skied at Mount Snow and Stratton and Sugarloaf and Sugarbush and, and, and Sunday River and you name it. And we've all been there. But we're starting to gravitate towards the places where we can actually do it and not have to do it bumping elbows and stuff like this. And again, Bolton Valley is another one of those places. I went there on a powder day that I didn't even realize it was going to be a powder day. I was driving in snow. It took me three hours to make an hour drive. There was so much snow. And, man, what a beautiful day. There were no lines. There were no nothing. And it's not like the place was empty. Parking lot was full, but there were still no lines or anything. It was wonderful. What a wonderful place. I love the place. Um, not just – and, again, Brian didn't hear me say this, but just so everybody hears me say it, it's not just because Lindsay's sitting here that I'm saying that. I love the place, and I would put it on top of anything in the state any old day of the week, including Mount Snow, my alma mater, sort of, so to speak. <laughs> but yeah, so we, we do love it, but we do love our independence. And, and Lindsay, you said, I think back during our episode that you, you, you were very um, into how well the Indy Pass was working, not just for yourselves, but as a, in, in general, right? Is that right? Oh yeah. I mean, the Indy Pass has been great. You know, I think Doug has been, I mean, I think it's, it's really revolutionary because you know, scary is like Bolton. We offer a great experience. You know, we're kind of in his resort category. He's got a couple categories um, of resorts that he works with or areas that he works with. And we're kind of in the destination resort category up here with the hotel and all the amenities. Um, but, you know, we're not really big enough to be on some of the more major passes. And so he's just really drawing attention to us. And I, I feel like what he's done with, you know, curating a really nice 
list of ski areas and ski resorts so that you know you can you can plan weekends around the the indie pass resorts um it's been great for us um it's given us a collective identity um i think people are really getting into it as the kind of alternative pass um and we've seen a lot of people a lot of people have found bolton through the indie pass which has been really really fun um so I'm super stoked with it. Um, I love it. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, we're in it for the long haul with, with Doug for sure. Awesome. And I, I love the Indy Pass too. I love Doug. Brian loves Doug. And Brian, you, you, uh, you, you said something and Mario as well said something that I, I think you both said it. Um, I agree with it's be, it has, as Lindsay said, people have found Bolton because of it. You have found places because of it, right? That, that was you who said stuff like that, right? Yeah. I mean, the, uh, by where I am, Shawnee Mountain in Pennsylvania, that's that's on the Indy Pass. And for me, that's probably the closest like real ski area I can get to. Mm -hmm. And I uh, I went there with my son a couple times last year. He was three last year. He's four now. Went there once this year. And I'm, I, I hadn't skied there before the Indy Pass since I was a, in seventh grade. I went night skiing once and I had no idea how to ski. I went down the bunny slope. I remember seeing it being like, oh, my God, that was the hill. I would just go straight down and it was in March. There was a big slush moat at the bottom and that's how I would slow down. <laughs> and I went back there. So again, that was 19 or a long million years ago. Went there with my son and I was like, Oh my God, like these kind of places are the places that made you fall in love with skiing when you were younger. These little family run places that have an ambiance, a smell an experience. Like there's, there's all your senses are, are, are fired off and you go and you leave with something when yeah. you go to these places again Killington's great Stowe's great all these places are great yeah. but you come back with more of a, a little more sanitary experience a little more a lot in the negative column some stuff definitely in the positive column but those those days at those smaller family-run resorts they have a, a different feel to them like okay. uh like I'm gonna remember this because of all these five senses hit me and I'm not going to forget that. And I, I had those experiences this year, exact same thing. And it was amazing. Like it really, they really do have something unique and special versus the big kind of corporate monolith places. Cause again, look at what Vale's doing. They are trying to create something that's formulaic. They can just kind of mold and twist and turn to make it have the same experience, whether you're at Whistler, whether you're at Mount snow, wherever you're going. And for some people, that's awesome. They love that. They fry in their private jet. They pick up their rental skis. They have an awesome you know, weekend. Great. But as someone who's a, a skier who loves everything about the sport, there is a very different feel to those indie resorts versus the, the big corporate ones. And I feel like one of the things that people, you know, often they jump to the conclusion that, you know, just because it's a bigger corporate resort, this, it, it you know, the skiing is bigger, the skiing is better, but the skiing at a lot of these independent resorts is really awesome. You know, I mean, I would, you know, I would advocate for Bolton skiing, but not just Bolton. Um, you know, a lot of these independent resorts are really funky and, um, you know, have, have just amazing terrain and character. And, and, character. and, and like somebody was saying earlier, you know, you can, you can, you can find powder stashes, you know, there's lots of glades oftentimes, um, there's a lot to explore and, uh, and, you know, I just think that, um, we always get a lot of credit for our character and I love that. And for the story, you know, behind our resorts, 
But I also just want to make a plug for just our straight up skiing, which is, you know, super rad and really, really fun. Um, and not to be overlooked, not to be missed. No, what's right the point of going you. to a place with 5,000 feet of vertical if you're in line three quarters of the time? Yeah. Like, what's the fun in that? Right. Yeah. You go to a place with a thousand feet and you're just lapping it all day. You're having so much fun. Your legs are burning and you're having, you're, you're creating memories, stories, adventures. And the other thing too, that, you know, like with the high speed quad, you know, the high speed lifts, which are, which are fun, which are awesome. You know, you can, if, if you are there and there's not huge, massive mega lines, you know, then, then you can get up the, get up the chair a lot faster. But, you know, one of the things that comes along with that oftentimes is trail congestion yeah. and, you know, sort of a crowded skiing experience. And so one of the things that I love about Bolton is no matter whether it's our busiest day or our slowest day, you know, you have room on the slopes, you know, to have that kind of unobstructed free skiing feeling where you're not afraid of running into people or this or that. Um, and you can always, you know, have even that solitary experience, you know, even like I said, when our parking lots are jammed and you know, we're, we're at our max capacity. It's like you know, the fixed scripts, the fixed script lifts. There is something to be said for the skiing experience that they create. Yeah. Yeah. The high speed lifts tend to deliver a lot of people all at once to the top. Yeah. And, you know, then they're all going down at the same time. And I think that's contributed a lot to unsafe conditions at a lot of these places. I know it seems to me that there seem to be more collisions than there used to be. And I think one of the reasons is that because they're just so much more crowded than they've been in the past. All these people coming up these high speed lifts and getting out at the same time and getting onto the trails at the same time. And especially on the East Coast where, you know, our, our trails tend to be narrower. You yeah. know, we were built for fixed grip lifts. We were built for a certain uphill capacity. Um, and, you know, a lot of series have done a lot to widen their trails and so on and so forth. But, you know, you can only do so much. And um, and so, you know, it's sometimes it can feel like a bit of a mismatch. Um, not yeah. to say there aren't advantages to it, but but um, but the downhill can be a little more fun, I think, with fewer people on the trail. Well, one thing about congestion, too, and, you know, kind of goes back to the conversation a little bit earlier. You know, again, with the pandemic, a lot of people who could now – work remote have gravitated to ski towns. That's yeah, for sure. That's true. And again, people who may have been just, you know, weekend warriors or come up once a month were like, hey, I'm just gonna move to to Killington or to Waterbury or to Ludlow. And then they're just there. So Yeah, I can attest to that because sure. we have a lot of people who have just come and and you know they've come to escape the pandemic and they've just stayed and they have every right to do that they own the house and they certainly can do that but it does make for more crowded conditions than there used to be in the past and you look at the the real estate the the cost now if you do want to buy something in a ski town i mean it's 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 doubled in a lot of spots in the last two years it's crazy it's crazy yeah and then a lot of folks are taking them making them airbnbs which mm -hmm. i mean is that good? Is that bad? I mean, that's that's a very debatable topic. Yeah, uh, I know some. I know Breckenridge had like a whole. They were trying to get some sort of ordinance passed because so yeah. many people were buying those properties and then yeah. just making them Airbnbs. Like, is, yeah, is my that... local town of Plymouth just put in an ordinance like that because it's just it's out of hand. Yeah, I mean, it's really just it's it's it can't be great for locals. I mean, you know, you can you can attest to that. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah values are going up everywhere. You know, places like Bolton are not immune from that either. Good. I've seen a definitely a difference in powder days just this year at some of the larger resorts. You know, you can hit it on a Wednesday when we happen to get a big storm. You think, great, there's going to be no one there. And there's, you know, less people than on a weekend, but there's certainly more than there used to be. So definitely, I think the pandemic and people being able to, quote, work remote and, you know, respond to an email on the on the lift, uh, you know, for a quick moment. And that's considered working. That's changed what a midweek powder day has been at some of these larger resorts, for sure. Yeah, and I understand that the resorts need to have people come, you know, it's right. not a bad thing for them mm -hmm. because they do need to make money, right. and they need to have people there. And, and if people don't come, then, you know, uh, we can't enjoy the mountain because they're not going to stay in business. So I understand that. But I, I think that there has to be something done about some of the capacity issues that at least some of the larger mountains are facing and um, not really, they don't seem to be willing to do anything about that, it seems that they're just in the market to sell as many passes as they can. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, while it's it's nice that people can afford these passes, maybe they couldn't in the past. And some of them, you know, some of the prices can be pretty good. But um, you know, then you have the downside of that is that so many more people are coming and that the mountains are so much more crowded. And you do get the issues we were talking about before: the traffic and the the unsafe conditions on the slope and, and things like that. So there has to be some way of, of regulating that, that that hasn't really been explored or done. Or even it's recognized. Delicate dance. Yeah. Really, to get the right level of you yeah. know, people versus the, the right amount of you know, money being spent, income coming in to keep the resorts in the, in the black. So, yeah, I mean, I, I wonder how, you know, if, if we are in the post-pandemic world, where, wherever we are in that, spectrum it will it go back to normal or will things keep kind of progressing in the same direction it's going the good question yeah. i mean hey. i know that first year i know everyone was kind of freaking out that that 2020 2021 winter they're like all right we think we're going to be able to do this but we don't know and then things started going okay and then last year was you know kind of a little more back to normal and again it's it's insane to assume you know what's going to happen by november because yeah. Who knows? You know, Putin could nuke us all. We have no idea. <laughs> Hopefully not, but you never know. Right. And that's one of the beautiful things about living this far north in New England. We've never been a nuclear target, not during the Cold War, not during the New War. Although there is one in Connecticut. There is a nuclear target in Connecticut during the Cold War. It's not there anymore, I would assume. I don't know. That was the that was a funny thing though about the pandemic. You know, I and I, I made that joke. Being here already, people were running for the hills, and I was like, I didn't have to run for the hills. I was already here mm -hmm. and said it jokingly, but you're not wrong. Wendy said it, and we've all agreed with it. People came, and they didn't leave, and I called them leaving. I was like, they're not going to like it here because to live in New England takes – you have to want to live here. Uh, Alex and Lindsay and Wendy could probably agree with this. You know, Living rural, it's, 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 it's not for everyone. I yeah. can say that. And and we know that because, you know, New York City has 9 million people. Vermont has 600, like 70,000. That's with the influx. Like there's more cows here than people. And that's cool. I love cows and I love all the different types of cows we get. But, you know, it's it, for uh, they just they just never left. And it, it has caused some issues, especially during ski season. And Lindsay's right. You know, the, the, the experience at a place like Bolton even though you have that, you can be alone. And, you know, I've been on those lifts 
where there's been people in front of me, people behind me. I get off. I go 200 feet down a trail, turn around, and I'm alone. Um, same thing here at Whaleback. You know, we're riding that double chair, and uh, you know, people go one way, I go the other, and then I realize if I fall and get hurt, I'm probably stuck here for a while. Um, <laughs> I'll scream. I don't care. I have no shame. I am a wuss. I'm a wimp. I admit it whole openly, openly. But it is a it is a much different experience, and for places like Bolton, for places like Whaleback, and I love it here. Uh, it's like Alex and I were talking. It has so much more than you realize like it has a lot of the same draw that like mad river Glen has that place isn't big that place isn't corporate but that place has a huge draw because people ski it if you can and what that may or may not actually mean but this is very natural too here and again bolton you can find the same stash the glade the glade stash and also the stuff it's a different experience and i think it's the experience people want a friend of mine has actually said people want an honest experience Mm-hmm. And his thing was, and we were talking to um, Bill Bennion down there at the Hermitage Club about this. Mm-hmm. People don't want the dishonest experience, you know, just you have the, well, the website now, but the brochure and a flyer that has all the fancy pictures and all the, you know, opera stuff and all this, that, and the other. But what can you ski? And people want the more honest experience. And you get that at places like Whaleback and places like um, Bolton Valley and then other small places as well. Magic Mountain has a huge reputation for mm-hmm. that. You know, they come correct. This is what we are. Come enjoy it. And mm-hmm. that's what you do. Um, and the thing is, I don't know who said it, but the, the snow is just exactly the same. And I always think that's funny. And I don't know if you all could agree with this, but just just for, for the sake of geography, you know, you're down there, you got Stratton here, Bromley here, uh, Magic here, and then Okemo up over here. The snow is all the same. So what's why why go to the bigger place? You know, people are like, isn't it different? Isn't it not as good? I'm like, it's exactly the same. Um, Lindsay Stowe and Bolton, it, it, they're right next door. You could get to one from the other, couldn't you? Walking if you wanted to up through the woods. Yeah. Oh yeah, we ski we ski from Bolton to over into Stowe. You know, with you know, you gotta have your skins on, but sure, uh, it's a frequent common occurrence over here. Huh, I didn't know that. So there you go. Like it's the same stuff. Just go to Bolton. We didn't go this year because we're all lame and sick and whatever. <laughs> and it is one of the greatest places in Vermont, personally. I say, um, you know. But uh, kidding aside, definitely go there. But kidding aside, the experience is so awesome. And and I spent most of this season at smaller places, riding the Indy Pass, like I said. And again, you know, for the people who work here who are getting, you know, 91 days because it's right outside and part of your job description. But, you know, Wendy and I were out clocking miles until the gas prices went up. How does that affect it? Like, we'll, we'll start with Lindsay and Alex on this one. How has the gas gone up affected you? Like, did you see your numbers drop because of that? Not yet, but I think, you know, inflation in general and, you know, this just the current climate right now is – you know, it's nerve wracking as we think about next year and what the next year or two years are going to look like. Um, I think it came late enough in the season this year. There's always a delayed reaction, let's say, or, you know, I think there's a delayed reaction to that kind of thing. So I don't think we saw the effects of it this year, but um, we'll certainly see as we go into next year. And, um, you know, also our, you know, one of the one of the offshoots of that is, is our expenses are going up. Um, yeah. you know, so trying to balance the books for a small area like us in the face of what's happening in the world today and in the economy today is, um, 
no, maybe it'll maybe it'll be easy. Maybe it'll shake out, uh, or maybe it'll be a real challenge. And um, we're watching it pretty closely, really trying to think strategically about um, how to approach the next, you know, the next budget cycle. Totally. Yeah, I'll piggyback off of everything that Lindsay said. I mean, we <laughs> didn't, you know, see much of an impact of it because I think that we closed a little, like right before the real hike in the gas prices. So, you know, we're we're lucky in that sense. Uh, from a personal standpoint, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to go hit Jay one more time this year, but that's five hours of driving, and I'm not sure that I want to fill my gas tank for that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, moving into the off season with all this maintenance that we have scheduled and things that we have to do in order to keep all these lifts running, mm-hmm. uh, we are concerned that these prices are just going to continue to rise, and you know, even just down to something, right down to something as silly as shipping, you know, when we need this new part for the T-bar and it's going to have to be freight shipped from wherever it is and it's going to be a lot of money to do so. So, for uh, time, you know, I mean, the supply chain challenges are real. Absolutely, you know, we're yeah. We're time getting things that we're trying to buy. Mm-hmm. We're looking at delays, which could impact us. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's... Yeah, we were right under the wire at the start of the season here with just this one silly little bar that we needed that, you know, just needed to be shipped from Ohio or something like that. And they said it could arrive in, you know, seven to 46 days or something like that. And that was the beginning of December. And thank goodness it came in like right the week before Christmas and the you know company was right there to install it and, and we got lucky. But who knows if it was that 42 day mark, it would have been, you know, what would it end of January, early February, and that it would stop the lift from running. So something like that is concerning. All that kind of uncertainty, you know, and, you know, all the, all the inflation and everything that's happening, it certainly puts a lot of pressure on us as we try to set our price, our season's pass prices right now, you know, both yeah. early with our spring pass sale which runs through the 12th, which I think is like next week. And, you know, we decided to come out with the same prices this spring as we did last year. We made that decision, you know, a while back. We saw that there was some inflation, but we felt like that was the right move for us at this time. But now as we're looking at the next, you know, the next deadline, um, you know, pricing is complex right now in this world. Um, And it's just, there's a lot of hard decisions that are going to have to be made, um, you know, coming out of, the pandemic coming out of the supply chain shortages with everything that's going on geopolitically. Uh, whew, it's a lot. It's a lot I agree. Do. Absolutely. And, you know, one of our, you know, core missions is to keep uh, skiing affordable and accessible to everybody. And we don't want to price these people out. So we yeah. did the something very similar. Our, our early, early bird spring slash sale is very similar to last year's spring prices. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we want to be able to continue to offer that as long as we possibly can for everyone because we don't want anyone to be priced out of skiing or snowboarding. You know, we want them, if they want to do it, we want to find a way to get them out here. So, yeah. um, you know, we just hope that we can continue to do so. So if you're out there and you haven't bought your season pass yet for next year, definitely do so. Absolutely. <laughs> Whaleback's on sale really yes. early till the 15th. <laughs> till the 15th. Uh, till the 15th of April. Only 200, I think. 200, 200 yeah, to right. get in. I, yeah. I might get in. We're too. getting down to less than 100 now, last I checked. So <sighs> yeah. better get you in there. Throw in a free gas card. If you there you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, and it's funny that, Brian, you say that. The reason I wanted to start with them being at the, you know, those who are here in the offices doing the running of the place. Now there's the other three of us who are the consumer. Now, I've already been given a few poser nudges jokingly and i love being called a poser i love when people call me a poser i'm like i'm the poser i'm doing it and i can prove it but um people have already nudged me about it because they're like dude it just snowed at jay you know bolton's still open killington is still open 
I'm like, yeah, dude, but it's costing me far more than I sh it should ever have cost to put fill up. Like my, my car is this big. It should never cost $45 to fill my little matchbox car. Yeah. How, how are you all doing? The two on the bottom. How are you all faring with that? Have you, has that, I, I would imagine that part of like, yeah, I could go do that, but do I want to spend the cash to get there? Especially from Jersey, if you're going to come all the way up to New England, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I'm a big believer in life is short when it comes to stuff like that. If it's going to be an extra 20 bucks, it's going to be extra 20 bucks. You know, like cool. I'll, I'll find it somewhere. I, uh, the, when I really felt it, I went up to Hunter a few weeks ago up in upstate New York. And for me, it's about a three hour drive to get there. And I remember I stopped at the rest area uh, on the, the New York thruway. And I was like four fifty nine for regular. That was like that week, I think it was probably the second week of March, where like every day it was up like 30 cents. Mm -hmm. I was just like, I'm like, oh my God. Like, again, I drive a, an old Subaru. I'm like, but it does leak gas, unfortunately. I'm like, <laughs> what's it going to be tomorrow? I'm like, I better just fill up now because I, who knows what it's going to be. And then on the way back, I saw a like one of those little town gas stations, 509 for regular. Ooh, yep. That was the highest that I saw. And then things started kind of backing off a little bit. But you know, again, it's winter, you know, what do we get? Four months if we're lucky. Yeah. I'm like, I, I don't care. I'll, I will find a way. I'll eat some ramen. I will, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll eat oatmeal every day. Now we're know, talking. Listen to this guy. It's too important. Good life decisions. Yeah. You find I'm, a way. I'm fortunate in that I don't live far from skiing. So it really isn't an issue for me, but I do wonder how people managed and they a lot of people who do come to vermont from connecticut or new jersey or whatever they have these huge suvs mm -hmm. that they have to fill up and oh my gosh it has to cost them a fortune but there are a lot of people who that doesn't seem to bother so that's okay i mean i drove right. down to stratton today that's a 45 minute drive for me and i don't even think about it you know as life is short and you do make your choices and skiing is very important to me and I'm just going to go do it. This, you know, taxes, not as important as skiing. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I with, with, you know, with, with, with gas prices and everything, if the cost of, uh, you know, airfare is going to, is going to start to really climb and, and maybe the drive vacation, you know, the drive, you know, driving three hours relative to, you know, taking a plane out west or for an out west vacation or something like that. You know, maybe that calculus will will play in as well. You know, yeah. next year we'll see. Oh yeah, and I agree with that too. It, it is all location, location, location. Like where I live in Vermont, nobody would ever for one second think of that as a ski town because it's not. It's not Dover. It's not Stowe. It's not Waterbury. It's not uh, you know any of the other ones. But I have whale back here 15 minutes from my front door. Mm -hmm. I have Suicide 6, 25 minutes. I have Ski Queechee, I guess, if I really want to go there, like 15, 20 minutes. Uh, just like Wendy, I'm, I'm in the center. I can abuse just about any Mega Pass and make them wish I didn't buy it because I will be down to a dollar a day <laughs> after you do the math because yeah. I can. I'm, I can be anywhere. I'm only an hour and 15 from Bolton when it's not snowing, um, uh, you know. I also like Alex and two and a half hours from Jay, but Jay is out there in the middle of nowhere. That's a special case. Like that's worth the not... drive though. Worth the drive. Yeah. Oh, it's totally. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful drive. drive. Yeah. I caught the 31 inches on March 14th and 15th there this year. It was amazing. Absolutely oh, amazing. Nice. 
Yeah, nothing like being jealous of someone who has 91. Mm-hmm. 91? Yeah. 91. How are you yeah. still walking, man? Like, oh, I'm, I'm thinking I'm about that. feeling it. You know, yesterday uh, going top all the way from the top to the bottom of Killington, and I'm like, whoo, that wasn't too bad. I, I'm, I've been doing this for 91 days, so I, I'm, I'm good. I got it. Is that Especially a record for you? California season? last week with the elevation, you know, changes coming back to New England. It's like, oh, this is nothing. No big deal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, only have, I only have 70 days this year. Nice. Which is down for me. I'm usually yeah. close to ninety, but this year, you know, things got in the way and I hear you. Yeah. yeah so. I'm a big mountain biker in the summer too, so yeah. my legs don't really get a break. I just kinda move right on to the next thing. So sweet. You're gonna come up to Bolton and check out our new park, I assume. I would love to. Yeah. yeah. That'd be great. Better do it. Lifts are <laughs> This is your first year you guys are doing that? It's our second year with Lyft. Yeah. Cool. Oh, very cool. Awesome. Yeah, we've been we've been partnering with Gravity Logic, the trail builders, best in nice. the world, and um, hopefully we'll finish our first sort of phase of new trails by the end of this summer. We're hoping to have our top to bottom beginner trail ready by July. We've got a blue jump trail under construction now, another blue hybrid. We've got a bunch of stuff that was that went in last year. Very cool. Um, it's gonna be it, it's pretty rad up here. Did right you now. see a big turnout last year? You got a lot of people. We saw a pretty good turnout. We saw we hit the numbers that you know. So Gravity Logic, when they when they come in, they they sort of give you your your targets for each year. So we hit our target for a year one. Wow! Actually, we thought was great given how I don't know if you remember last summer. Um, oh, it was wet. Everything like, was wet. Yep. The weather in the summer as you are in the winter, but it was a wet summer. Oh, yeah. It was mm-hmm. just raining, 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 raining. It slowed down our trail building and. Um, oh, yeah definitely depressed visitation. So we were very happy to hit our target even in all that sloggy, sloggy rain. That's huge. Yeah. And do you guys do uh, rentals there as well? Yeah. Full rentals, uh, lessons, you know, the whole gamut. It's like a little, it's like a ski area in the summer with a bike park. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah. I bought a, I bought a mountain bike. I've mountain biked for a while, but I bought like a, right before the pandemic started, actually right in that first month, March, I had a buddy who was working at a ski and bike shop. Yeah. Like, I can get you this. I get you a bike at cost. So I'm like, I'll yeah. just buy this Cannondale freaking dual suspension mountain bike. Sweet. Because like why not? It's like a $2,500 bike. And I've been on it twice. Well, oh. you got to come up to Bolton and let me know when you're coming. And um, yeah, no, it's going to be, it's going to be so fun. I'm dying to get to that area in the summer. Cause yeah. I, I, years and years ago, my wife's family, there was like 13 of us. We rented a house in Burlington on Lake Champlain. Uh, and we still talk about that vacation. This was like probably 2008 or nine. You like got to do it again. And not just because we have LiftServe, which is obviously awesome, but there are cross, you know, public access, cross country networks all over the place. Cochrane's talking about little, you know, groovy, cool ski areas. They've been putting in trails. Um, all free, all public access. There's Richmond Mountain Trails. There's trails in Huntington, Hinesburg. I mean, you name it. There's trails everywhere in this region. It's, it's, it's a total mecca over here with some amazing riding. So that's yeah. awesome because my wife has never mountain biked. Like oh, she's yeah. she's a skier. Well, she's athletic, and I, I'm trying to be like, listen, I guarantee you, you will love this. And that's where a place like, and that's where like Bolton, you know, with the curated bike park and the rentals and the lessons and the green trail and the lift mm-hmm. is going to be perfect to come up, get on a bike, get comfortable, then take it from there, you know, into all the public access and the trail networks where you're climbing and descending and doing the whole thing. So you guys got to come up. We'll have it in, Ju- in July. So come pl- make a plan. Come up July, August. Get her out. I would love that. Yeah. I'll be there. That's for yeah. sure. 
We got less kids. We got summer camps. I mean, it's like we got it all. That's great. Do you have daycare? Well, our daycare well, actually, I actually wrote an op-ed about this because for us, like the, the biggest and worst casualty of the pandemic has been our child care center. Unfortunately, oh, wow. we always really prided ourselves on having child care seven days a week, um, you know, for the community and for guests who come up. But I will tell you, um, the teacher shortage with the pandemic has decimated our childcare. And right now we're just, we're barely hanging on to take care of our employees' kids, which is our first priority. Yeah, I talked to Stephanie from Smugs a couple months ago and she said yeah. the exact same thing. Cause they're, you know, they're the big family yeah. resort up there. And yeah. that's, that's what they were always priding themselves on their their, their yeah. childcare and their ski programs for kids. And she said the exact same thing. That it's the little ones that we're having the hardest time with, the true childcare. If yeah. your kids are old enough, if they're like, you know, old enough to be in the summer camp programs or in the lessons, you know, we've got all of that. And we, even with our summer camps, we do daily drop-ins, but you know, if your kids like two, three, one, uh, we're really struggling with, with that, you know, young toddler age group. Yeah. Yeah. yeah my son's going to be five in August and my daughter's yeah. going to be two in September. So I think maybe we can bring a grandma to bring watch the grandma. little one. The, the five-year-old can get into some of the programs. It's not every week for the youngest kids, but if you check on the website, the weeks, the five-year-old could get in um, to some of the weeks. For that sure. would be so cool. He's, um, he actually just at school yesterday, he has this whole big scar on his face now or scratch because he decided on their nature walk, he was going to walk with his hands in his pockets and face planted. Good. <laughs> awesome. Oh, so, this right? is the kind of kid he is. He, yeah. uh, you him a strider bike? Does he have a strider, you know, the pedalless bike? He has one. Yeah, he doesn't really – he was starting to use it last year, and this this spring I'm definitely getting him a regular bike. I'm yanking the training wheels off immediately, and he's going to have to figure it out. Nice. It's cool. There's a high, the high school like by it. us. They have a grass, like pretty decent sloping hill, and mm -hmm. everybody around here is like, that's how we taught our kids to ride bikes. You mm. just throw them on that hill. After a yeah. day, they figure it out. That's awesome. I love so, that. Yeah, that's that's my uh, my next my next objective for April May is to get him on a bike. Cool. I would love to check out mountain biking, but I suck at it. <laughs> I I have done it on and off since the nineties. We even did it in gym class, like back in oh, high really? school. Wow. Oh yeah, that, that's cool. One of the beautiful things about going to high school in rural Vermont, and um, I, I think though uh, Lindsay, I think grew up here. Um, Wendy, you didn't grow up here but you might have grown up in a rural place. We get to do crazy stuff in, in, in gym classes that most people don't do. I learned how to cross-country ski in gym class. I learned how to mountain bike in gym class. Did you square to... dance in gym class? I was just about to say, we learned how to square dance. <laughs> that was a, that, don't that was know a requirement why they taught us in Vermont. That. What was that? I still don't know why they taught us that. It was <laughs> a requirement in this state. It must have been for, in New Jersey, too, because that's where I grew up, and we had to do it. And like everyone I talked to, they're like, I mean, I did go to a couple cowboy bars, and I, but I, <laughs> I could have learned those moves. It's not like I had to spend time in gym class. It's like, hey, we're playing floor hockey or square dancing, and it's like square dancing. I'm like, come on. Hey, man, I'd if you're gonna learn to boot school, hockey. if you're gonna learn to do that boot scoot and boogie, man, why not do it at school? Like that's that's fine, man. She if thinks my tractor's sexy. Like, come on. Oh, she definitely doesn't think that. Hey, <laughs> I know her. She told me. She's like, that dude's crazy. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I would try to do it. Um, and again, you know, the, mountain biking is so big now. Like, it is huge now. Like, every mountain, I feel like, 
is starting to like it's off it's not a whaleback thing yet like you all are going disc golf first disc golf first yep absolutely good we've uh you know we've <clears throat> had uh people out here looking at it it's definitely something that is you know in our thoughts in the future uh we definitely need to focus on our, our, our winter infrastructure first and just the general maintenance and increasing our snow making and you know just some bigger updates to the winter side of things before we can really look at the, at the summer um but you know there are trails out there if you can get yourself up you can go down them too so and something i've done you know and it's a it's a long ride up that's for sure <laughs> but there's some some gnarly trails down there if you want to go down uh going back to you know backpedaling a little bit here but back to Lindsay's point about the terrain you know it's 700 feet of vertical and it's a small mountain so that 700 feet of vertical can come at you fast and you can rip some serious terrain both on the snow and on your mountain bike if you are crazy enough to, to go down that on your mountain I'm going to come down and check out your mountain bike trails I like the sound of I like the sound of it it's gnarly I'll come up with you we'll, uh, you got to work for it but it's it's worth it for sure <laughs> I'll come watch like from the bottom <laughs> Lindsay, do you feel like it's almost, and I guess Alex too, do you feel like having summer operations is almost a requirement now based on just costs? And I mean, granted, there are additional costs to, to summer programs as well, but do you, does it seem necessary? Our calculus for Bolton Valley is that it is necessary. Um, if for no other reason than to de-risk the business overall, um, you know, I mean, I think like if, you know, like with anything, if you put all your eggs in one basket, um, you know, then, then, you're just you're just adding risk to your operation and um like look at this winter you know you're going to have a low snow winter and you know you're going to have you're going to have conditions that are beyond your control um periodically probably at least once every four or five years and um and you know putting yourself in a position where you have to you know live for 12 months on the revenue that you bring in just four months of the year and you know like you were mentioning earlier about whaleback um, there are a lot of expenses that, you know, that are necessary in the summer to prepare for winter and just to maintain the infrastructure, to pay taxes on it, to, you know, take care of the deferred maintenance, um, to keep your staff. So uh, for us, you know, we're not, we, we don't, we don't have any illusion that our summer business will be as robust as our winter business. But if we could get our summer business to where we're covering our summer expenses, um, that would be a great thing. And that's our goal. How about um, employees? Because um, I know there's been such a shortage everywhere this year. Are you having any difficulty with that? Is, and is it any different in the winter and the summer for you? It's a little bit easier in the summer, you know, broadly speaking, because in the winter we have so many more employees than even now with our, you know, much more robust summer operation. We still, you know, have less than half the number of employees in the summer. So we're able to carry a lot of those employees. We've actually increased the number of year-round positions that we've had, which has been great. A lot of people really want to work year-round. They don't want to be you know, on the seasonal train. Um, so it's a little bit easier for us to retain our winter employees into the summer. That being said, there are some positions in the summer that don't exactly mirror the winter, and we are struggling um, to find some of those positions. I'm thinking specifically of like a machine operator. Or there are positions where traditionally in the winter we've relied heavily on, you know, like the J-1 program, the visa program. And I'm thinking about, you know, like some kitchen staff. I'm thinking about like housekeeping. Um, and we're struggling to find that, you know, that locally. Um, so we have some pretty serious and some pretty concerning gaps right now um, going into this summer. But, um, but 
man, it was a real struggle this winter. Um, we were really understaffed and our staff shouldered a lot of burden. You know, a lot of people had to work a lot of hours um, and, uh, and you could feel it by the end of the season. You know, people are always tired by the end of the season, but this season, it really did have a different feel for us. Uh, a, a little bit less joyful, I think, because people were working so hard. Mm -hmm. And also in part because there was so much, there wasn't as much snow. And, you know, when you work at a ski area, you really have to give it your all. You know, it's like, it's not an industry for the faint of heart. It takes a lot of work to operate a ski area um, and a lot of energy. And, um, but it's kind of offset by, you know, like the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday powder days that where you get the mountain to yourself and you're taking laps, you know, on your lunch break. And, and, you know, you get a, you get a, you get big rewards. And so in a year where there's a low snow year and, you know, low and, you're so understaffed. It's just, um, it was a taxing year for us. Yeah. Um, I hope things will change. Would, are you going to go into next winter with like a different mindset then kind of based on the experience of this year in terms of how to staff up? Well, we're going to start earlier, but you know, the truth is we, we always, we, we start as early as we can and we, we try to staff. I mean, we're asking ourselves like, so one of the, Bolton has always relied much less than other ski areas on the J1 visa or the, you know, the foreign worker programs. Um, we've been able to staff mostly locally. I think like in the past, we've had like 20 has been the most number of foreign workers we brought in, which is, you know, tiny minuscule. Last year, um, there's been some, you know, it's been a little trickier through the pandemic. Last year, I think we only had like maybe 10 or 12 uh, J1 students come. Um, and you have to provide housing. So, you know, there's some logistical challenges around bringing in a lot of a, a lot of uh, student visa workers. But we're really looking hard um, at we, we bought it. We, we recently we bought um, an old bed and breakfast in or, you know, building that used to be a bed and breakfast. We converted that into employee housing. You know, we're trying to think of every strategy we can to, you know, attract more people to work here. And we're also asking ourselves, you know, do can can we slash should we, you know, increase um, the number of J1 students that we bring in um, because we are struggling so hard to find staff. Um, we're looking at our wages. We're looking at our benefits. You know, we're looking at everything that we can do to be competitive um, to try to attract workers. But it is it's a it's brutal out there for employers right now. It really is. I agree. Absolutely. I think the one saving grace that we have, and it's just, it was just pure luck is that um, the next street over is a um, lawn maintenance company that has seasonal workers as well that need jobs in the winter. So we partnered with them this year and we got enough staff to cover our entire lift operations and front desk. Um, so that was a saving grace. I uh, posted on, you know, just the regular, like you do for any other, you know, job posting on Indeed and Facebook and all the rest. And I think I got uh, four applicants, uh, you know, and if I had only done that, I would have had uh, not even a quarter of what I needed for the staff. So that was our saving grace is that company that we partnered with. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, I mean, ski school was was tough to staff. We started off pretty strong with enough people to make it work. Um, but then the moment that someone was sick or there's something in the family or anything like that. Oh, yeah. uh, it was me out there teaching lessons. It was John out there running the lifts and that's part of it, you know, and I'm happy to do that. And I'm, I'm I love getting out there and doing every little aspect of this job. Um, 
but there was a solid two and a half weeks where I was either a lift operator, I did snowmaking, I taught lessons, I you know ran the front desk, you name it, I did everything in those two weeks. So, uh, um, yes, yeah. is the answer to that question, I guess. And what you said about you know people getting sick too. I mean, the Omicron wave in December mm -hmm. and January, you mm -hmm. know, exacerbating the understaffing that we were already experiencing. It went through each department. You know, it felt like every department had their turn. We had to, you know, reduce hours. Like you said, everybody was trying to be everywhere, but you just, we just could not, you just couldn't operate. I mean, we had, you know, we, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was crazy. I will say though, on the flip side, you know, we're lucky. We've got a lot of people who've been with us for a lot of years. Um, so we have a really awesome, like, base of, you know, core staff, we, our core team, we call it. And, uh, and, um, and man, those people, they're amazing you know they'll just their heart is in the place and they'll step up and do everything but you know you can only one human being can only do so much for so long absolutely you gotta buy a lawn company what you gotta do yeah you really do yeah <laughs> that's the move if you want to work in the ski area <laughs> fun. trails in the summer right. snow in the winter so fun well, they offer it both ways, too. They said if you have any other seasonal employees that need a summer job, you send them our way. So it's it's a good partnership for sure, and we're lucky that yeah, that's they're right there. Yeah, so awesome. Anybody out there listening to this or watching, um, you can help these mountains out because people talk about how expensive it is to ski. The best way to get the best deal in skiing is to work for the mountain. You can say, but if I'm working there, will I have the time? 91 days. <laughs> <laughs> Alex agree. had nine. Yeah, like, mm -hmm. believe me. And... When I, I hit 100, when I worked for a ski hill. So help these places out, get the job, go in and, and work at that. And since we kind of brought it up, um, and since we're crossing the hour and a half mark here, um, what do we see for the future? We can start with whoever wants to start with that. I know exactly what I'm going to be doing next season, but uh, or I'm going to try to do. What about you all? Personal or business, it doesn't matter. Well, we're going to make some snowmaking upgrades this year. Um, you know, nothing like a low snow year to reinforce the value of a good snowmaking system and improved efficiency. So we're going to be making some investments in snowmaking this year. Um, obviously, we're excited about the summer. We're excited about our mountain bike park. We've got a new outdoor pool, um, some other cool things in the works for summer. Um, and uh, yeah. That's, cool. You know, it's going to, I think next year, my understanding is it's going to start snowing in November. It's going to stay cold. It's going to continue snowing. It's going to be powder day after powder day all season long is what I've heard. I like Did it. you get I the poor Richard's thing. almanac already? <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, we, what you think, Lindsay, and I hope that is what it, what happens because we could sure use a better winter than this year. Exactly. For it. We paid our dues this year and, and right. We'll be skiing the pal. Absolutely. We're doing the same thing, investing in snowmaking and grooming. Uh, that's our biggest focus in the off season. Uh, we have some pretty serious um, mountain ops updates that are coming that are still kind of in the works that I can't talk too much about quite yet, but I think it should be pretty huge and definitely uh, help us get out there on the snow sooner and get out there longer and, you know, spread people out a little bit more. So I think that's going to be huge. Um, looking forward to the summer, we have uh, beach volleyball courts that are being installed as soon as there's no more mud on the ground. So that's going to be huge. We're going to have a beach volleyball league. Uh, so that'll be a ton of fun. Uh, we're looking into, or we have the disc golf course that's being built as well. So they uh, were out there just this week, actually hiking and mapping out the course. 
there's a big meeting about it tomorrow night for operational updates and that sort of thing, and they'll have it done by the fall. Um, so probably be, you know, if it's done early enough in the fall, we'll have a, you know, a fall league or, you know, some type of fun, you know, Thursday night disc golf league or something like that. Uh, we do, we're starting our, uh, big Friday night parties. We're going to go all around all year round with those. That's going to start as soon as it's warm enough to be out there on a Friday night, uh, it's probably mid May or so. And we're combining that with our, uh, Friday night open mics, which we're moving outdoors as soon as it's warm enough as well. Um, so I'm thinking Fridays are just going to be a thing at Whaleback where you come and you play volleyball and you, you know, have beer at the outdoor uh, bar and some food <laughs> on the grill and listen to some great music. Um, and outside of that, we have some really exciting uh, new partnerships that we just finalized today, actually, but can't quite talk about it yet. But there are some exciting partnerships coming soon. So keep an eye out for that. End of this month. You'll know more. Awesome. And there you go for that. Wendy, what about you? How's the future? Well, I don't have anything as exciting as these as uh, going on at Whale back in Bolton, but you know, we the women over at the skidiva.com is it's a it's the largest online community of of uh, women who love to ski and we have over uh, we have about 7500 members, women from all over the country and really all over the world who want to come together and talk about skiing. Um, both in the winter and the summer. And I can tell you that some of them are already starting to talk about what they're going to do next year, where they want to go, the, the gear that they want to, you know, that they're looking into. And, and the, the stoke goes on all summer and it goes into the fall and, and people are going to continue to, to be excited about skiing. And I'm excited about it already. The season's winding down, but I'm already excited about next year. And, and um, as our many of the women on the on the uh on the ski divas so here's hoping for a better one <laughs> it's coming it's oh, coming yeah. brian what do you think well i will tell you that i do live in the premier summer ski destination new jersey because we have <laughs> big snow Water ski. indoor <laughs> got the indoor assuming oh. it reopens um i i don't know i uh i keep talking to my wife i'm like i i gotta move we got to move to like a ski town. Like I can't drive two hours to take my son skiing. Like this is, it's bananas. Like it's my favorite thing in the world to do. And you know, long story short, like I, we moved here and I was before we had kids, like it was right. My wife was pregnant and I was like, Hey, it'll be just like it was when we were single. We go up to, you know, Vermont for long weekends, every weekend, no big deal. Right. When you have a kid, I'm so stupid. Like I just, I'm so dumb. I had, I was not prepared for children. I'm an idiot, but you know, you kind of realize these things after the fact. So, and I'm like, I can't keep doing this. Like I, my son, like I got him skiing on his own this year and it was like, I only got nine days in and which for me is like horrible, horrible, but I got him, I got him skiing on his own. And that to me was like the greatest accomplishment of my life. Cause I got to, he was following me down the hill and it was, like it just, it, it was amazing. Like I've, it's, I, I felt like Frankenstein making his monster. Like it was just the coolest thing. So I just need to get somewhere where I'm on the snow more, where I can focus on this podcast more. Cause I love doing it. It's, it's a blast. People who listen to it, like it, but there's so much, it's like, again, potential. What, what, what do you do with potential? Do you actually make it into something or you just kind of let it just squander and die off? So it's like you're house hunting in Vermont all summer. That's what, that's what I'm here. So. Well, I'm certainly going mountain biking in Bolton. Like that's that's not even a question. <laughs> All right, if everybody else is doing it, I'm going to do it. But only it's after big. the beginner it's, it's stuff April. opens. You can, you can talk as much crap as you want now. Just come after July when we have our beginner. We'll start you out on the beginner. We'll take you through the progression. You know, you can 
You can podcast about it. There you go. I will too. It's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't think I won't. I love self promotion and being shameless about it too. You can um, run off the expenses, wink. You ain't kidding. <laughs> Believe me, I'm expecting Mr. Otter to come knock on the door. Like, really? I'm like, it counts because <laughs> it absolutely counts, Mr. Otter. Or Ms. good Otter. day, sir. <laughs> I'll be like, listen, I'm 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 tax exempt. This is the church of skirexmedia.com. There we go. Um, there's a little plug for you. Um, so we all have great like I know what my goals are. I'm gonna be here at Whaleback as much as I can. I'm gonna be on the indie going everywhere. The only other goals I have is to get south of the Mason Dixon line. So expect to see me at Ober Gatlinburg at least once this year. Um, to get to a few places I haven't been and to use both of my indie days, maybe plus at Bolton since I was a slacker this year. And I love that place. And Lindsay is like the greatest person ever <laughs> in the world. Yeah. I uh, definitely it, have to get up to Bolton next year. Yeah. We'll have, we'll have a little like, you know, T-Rex convoy. Yeah. Party of Bolton convoy. Right. <laughs> Dude, I would love that. I'll show up. Shoot. I'm ready for the port party down at big snow this summer, man. We're going. Brian, you went with those guys last year. Shout out to those guys who weren't able to make it. There were going to be a couple of fans so we could really round out. We have people who run mountains, us in the media. We're going to have more peeps. But not everybody can make it on a Tuesday night, and that's fine. That's okay. Um, It's going to be a good season next season. I can't wait for next season. Um, It it should be good. But I say the season doesn't end. It's just the new year um, with so many more things you can do. Anybody else want to try grass skiing this year? Anybody else? I'll go for it. I need a new pair of rock skis first. There you go. Yeah, or an old pair of rock skis. There you go. (laughs) Anybody else? No? Even if there's a dusting, you know, fast grass. Totally, yeah. There you go. Uh You got that lawn company right there. Cut it nice and low. (laughs) <laughs> that's true yeah they got a whole turf department maybe we can get some turf down the mountain Ooh. could you a little dawn dish soap and some water and you're good to go you used to do that as a kid <laughs> could you imagine having to manicure your ski slope like a dang golf course <laughs> could you imagine uh, and then if you like to play golf just do that well all right then speaking of shameless plugs i'm gonna let everybody plug their stuff because everybody here tonight actually has something to plug including myself so we'll start here with alex go ahead yeah buy your uh 2022 2023 whaleback mountain pass you know get a get in there early while the price is low and support us and just help us grow that's the biggest thing we need right now there you go miss Lindsay. get out to that spring pass sale ends april 12th for bolton valley Definitely going to be the lowest prices by far that you can get, <laughs> as we were discussing earlier in the podcast. Um, and, uh, you know, get your mountain bike pass, too, because now we got this rad Gravity Logic mountain bike park we're building. And also, I would just say, if you are engaged and you're looking for a venue and you want to get married in the mountains, you know, check out Bolton Valley. We've got two really beautiful wedding venues, um, and it's just a lovely place to be in the summer. There you go, Very Wendy. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Wendy. Well, if if you are a woman and you love to ski, and it doesn't matter even if this if it's summer, winter, fall, spring, whatever, come over to theskidiva.com and register and join in on our great discussions about anything and everything ski related. It's a great community, great people, and it's a lot of fun. There is some good stuff coming out of there. I'm not a woman, but I sneak on there and read things over people's oh, yeah. shoulders. So, <laughs> but it, it, it's very, it's, it's great. Wendy does a lot of good things. And Wendy also has two fiction books as well. So I think it's just two, right? Yeah, I have two. I wrote two ski diva mysteries, um, but they came out a while ago. One is called double black 
and the other is called Fade to White, and they take place in a small New England, well, Vermont ski town, and uh, and they're fun. They're very light, and they're very fun. I love it. I'm cool. going to awesome. Yeah, See? you can find them on Amazon, and they are fun. Yeah, they're on my summer reading list, too. Yeah, that, that... I, I wrote two, and um, I had a two-book deal, and um, it kept me busy during the summer, but then other things came up in the summer, and I just kind of got out of it. My husband is a, is the real deal with writing fiction. He um, he's had a number of books out, and he's he's kind of the real thing. So, cool. yeah. And there you go. And then Brian, everybody knows who you are too, but it's like they know who everybody else is. But why not plug something? Uh, check us out, skibumpodcast.com. We do our our weekly. We pretty much weekly show, almost year round. We kind of take a little time off in the summer, but we try to keep the stoke going. You know, we call it your weekly audio ski trip. It's me and my partner Mario. And again, we started it in 2015, and our lives were both very different back then. But we've uh, we've kept it going. We've added new listeners, and we just keep we keep love. We love to keep doing it. So we're gonna keep doing it till uh, I have no idea. So I appreciate if you check us out. I think you'll dig it. I think you will too. I, I, I'm a fan. I do listen. And actually the fun thing, I was thinking about this the other day. I just listened. I was just catching up on you, you and for, on you and Mario. And I listened to Holly Flanders, the Holly Flanders interview. And that was fun for me because I spoke to her first on Skier X media. So there I, and I'm not saying, haha, I got her first. What I'm saying is when I, cause it was her uh, earlier in the season, Benji Alexander. Also, you guys talked to him. I did as well. Um, Doug Fish, Lindsay. Um, it's fun to be able to talk to these folks, do the work part, and then hear a completely different interview with them because it is completely different. Brian's program and my program are completely different. You know, it, and Jesus, God, when these two came on my program the last time, it went off the rails completely wild. It was a lot of fun. We do have some fun synergies, though, because, and I still think Doug needs to have that title belt, like the championship oh, yeah. belt for the person who has the most epic or um oh my god indie Indy past days <laughs> there should be one person who gets a belt for the next season belt. most days there we go yeah like we need vince mcmahon in here to make us a belt <laughs> so we got, a, we got a belt guy we actually found one so <laughs> i don't have the, i'm not nowhere anywhere near the belt myself but i'm going to be working on it next season that about that for motivation Oh, that's total motivation. I want that thing sitting on my dang mantelpiece. <laughs> also, Yagu Valley next season, Ski Rhode Island. I'm there. There we go. That's my goal. I've never skied Rhode Island or Maine, but I'm getting them both next season. Right? Well, thank you guys for my season finale because, like Brian said, they take a small break in the summer. I do also so I can actually, you know, write, which is what I like to do anyway. So, that's what I'm going to be doing. Thank you, Miss Lindsay uh, Delorier from Bolton Valley. Check that out, boltonvalley.com. Alex here at Whaleback, a partner mountain of mine, my home mountain, whaleback.com, skibumpodcast.com over here. Um, I'm actually pointing at Wendy now, skidiva.com, all that. To also check out their past interviews, though this was Alex's first time. Brian and Lindsay and Wendy have all been on there and all very popular. Thank you all. Thank you all for listening and watching. Thank this was you. awesome. Thank you guys. Thanks. Yeah, bring yeah. to the camera. Fun. That's great. That's great. Yay. And then yeah. I'll, we'll see you out there either mountain biking, skiing, disc golfing, whatever it is. Maybe I'll run into yeah. the grocery store later, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night.